welcome to the Toxic Cooking Show, where we break down toxic people to the simplest ingredients. I am your host, Christopher Patchett, LCSW, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Lindsay McLean, and I have fish today. <laughs> Not to eat, but they're just they're swimming around next to me. I, I like how you clear that clear that up. I have fish next to me, but it's not there to eat. Well, I, I realized that it started off kind of weird. I was like, I have fish. Like, you have a little plate of salmon that you're going to be eating while you podcast, or what? Just got to make that clear. Hey, you know what happens? Exactly. Look, when you don't have cool initials to put after your name, because you don't have like fancy social work degrees, you got to think of something. <laughs> Do you know what we're going to be talking about today? Our our first uh, podcast after the uh, Who We Are. I do because you told me, but let's pretend that I don't. <laughs> today we are going to be talking about the alpha male. Oh boy, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> the alpha male. Uh, let's travel back to the 1970s. Uh, so the first type of alpha male was by a guy named Dr. L. David Metch. He wrote a book called The Wolf in 1973. Is this where we get that connection between alpha males and alpha wolves of the pack and all that bullshit? Yep, yep. That that's where we cool. get like, you know, like uh, you know, being the uh the the pack leader and which all is this not type true of- by the way, but well, you're getting ahead of me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know too much. <laughs> Damn you, Lindsay. <laughs> so he viewed wolves in, you know, it was like a national park. Mm-hmm. And basically what he saw was that there was one male who ate first. There was one male who got to cho- choose his mate. So this was like the, the dominant uh, Wolf, this was the leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote this book uh, called The Wolf in 1973. And in the, this book, he talks about like the things that he experienced, the things that he saw. And as soon as it came out, it was one of these things where everybody just bought into it. Oh, and <laughs> now we didn't have influencers of, of TikToks and, and Instagrams and all that type of shit. You know, it was people actually read books and What's holy shit <laughs> so people were buying this left and right mm-hmm. and that's you know where the whole term like you know like alpha dog and like you know like gotta be the the, the pack leader and all this shit came from okay he tried to you know replicate this uh experiment 20 years later Mm-hmm. And this time, instead of looking at like the national forest where, you know, wolves were, you know, they interacted with people all the time. Mm-hmm. He went out into the wild and he saw that he couldn't replicate his first experiment. Imagine that. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like, you know, wolves in the wild act differently than in like a, a captive area. <gasps> Who the thunk it? <laughs> good science <laughs> well you're gonna see how great the science uh, oh, continues no. <laughs> <laughs> in his findings the second time around 20 years later <laughs> he realized that you know first off it was the wolf that was bringing home you know dinner 
Now, mm-hmm. he'd go out, make kill. He bring back, you know, the the body and everything like that. But yeah, he got the first meal. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like you know, there there was really no alpha dog or alpha wolf or anything like that. It was basically just parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the, the more they uh, kept on watching the, over this and. You know, it was parents, you know, they were both raising their, their cubs together or their pups together and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both had, you know, their own job and mm-hmm. they were together rather than this, you know, like this alpha dog, you know, coming in and dominating the the entire pack. No, it was families. Yeah. After he saw this, uh, you know, 20 years had gone by mm-hmm. uh, and he spent a good amount of time like trying to be like hey it's you know this is what i found blah 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 you know like the alpha wolf shit bullshit 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 this is why we have to be careful about what studies we put out because this has happened with so many things like autism there's that you know famous study quote unquote that links it to vaccines which even i think the author has tried to come out and disprove and people just it's too late like once you say something and you put it out there it is forever fact unfortunately you know i even saw like a a youtube where he was flat out saying like look this is you know absolute bullshit and he even says you know what i did see was these wolves being family you know, he, he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, he didn't try to cover it up or anything. He's just like, look, I fucked up. So I can appreciate that. I, I can appreciate that too. You know, just like you said, like once that word gets out there, you know, it kind of takes off. Thankfully, thank, thankfully, science has learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they haven't made that mistake uh, again. Oh, except for this other time. <laughs> and this other time. <laughs> So, <laughs> science. Another author by the name of Franz de Waal, mm-hmm. he is a Dutch primatologist. So, he studied primate behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he observed in chimpanzees mm-hmm. in their natural habitat of the zoo. Um, <laughs> Guys, <laughs> guys, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all wild chimpanzees go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Only that is their natural habitat. hundred percent zoos. So oh my God. he observed them for six years. Mm-hmm. And after uh, observing them for six years, he wrote chimpanzees and politics power and sex among apes and he wrote this in 1982 so he couldn't have spent the six years at, like and all the money that that took for six years and like condensed that to three years and like actually gone to real chimpanzee native habitats you 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 know and it, it's always blown my mind like you know like especially like when i think of all these different types of studies where you know they have like a family in a room with a, a one-way mirror mm-hmm. uh and this is research like it gets a little bit you know of of what you're you're researching but in the end you're they're not in their natural habit you know no. and 
they're going to act differently than, you know, if they were at home. So, <laughs> you know, he's, he's making these uh, observations and in his book, he discussed the alpha male and he was saying about how the alpha male was showing dominance. Uh, this was the chimp who was the loudest. Chimp mm-hmm. who was picking up the tree trunks and, and throwing it and basically just trying to, to show their dominance. So. Mm-hmm. so again, yeah, you know, you're talking about taking these uh, apes out of their, or chimps out of their, their natural uh, habitat, putting them into a zoo and saying, yeah. this is how they act normally. So Definitely not going to affect what you see. Right, right. Just like, you know, with the wolf, it was one person who was a writer for the Chicago Tribune mm-hmm. by the name of Duncan Maxwell. Okay. He read Fran DeWall's book. He kept on making these, like, observations of, like, oh, wow, like, you know, like, uh, you know, this is what, uh, you know, Fran DeWall uh, noticed. Uh, this is what I noticed in, you know, like, The Office. You know, you what have... office is he going to that people are throwing tree trunks around? <laughs> that, you know, and that's what I would love to know. You know, like how he's making these comparisons. Like, yeah, it was it was like very like maybe if you didn't think about it, mm-hmm. you have the one guy in the office who's you know very loud and just kind of like you know uh, making a lot of jokes and everything like that. Yeah, but to say that you know that he's screaming and. Uh, and beating his chest no mm-hmm. yeah you you can't you couldn't pay me to convince that that's typical office behavior <laughs> and i mean if it is you know like shit then uh, i want to be tribune in that office has, <laughs> to be Chicago honest tribune has a lot more problems than just you know <laughs> people who that don't do research <laughs> you know he's making all these comparisons he writes about this and again this is one of these things that take off Mm-hmm. Fast forward, these are all the things that, like, you know, like really kind of put the alpha into spotlight. Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding to 2001, mm-hmm. we have this guy named Neil Strauss, and he is a writer for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. He took on this persona, uh, Chris Powell's, in 2001. Basically, he was trying to write a story, and, you know, he kind of took on this persona that he wanted to learn how to date women so he wrote under this persona of chris powell's Mm -hmm. he felt like he wasn't getting anywhere in life with women so Mm -hmm. he was kind of single he was just you know not really uh doing much and he wrote this book the game penetrating the secret society of pickup artists penetrating yeah that was a choice there (laughs) Also, so he he wrote this book even though he hadn't gotten any women. Well, no, no. So he was he was writing this book. Ah, okay. He goes under this under the wing of this pickup artist by the name of Mystery. Mm, trustworthy. <laughs> Which I mean, that sets up so many fucking red flags just mm. off the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As he's writing this article, you know, he meets up with a mystery. He's a pickup artist Mm -hmm. and he basically does these whole like type games. One of the things that he did was he went up to a celebrity's uh, girlfriend. He was the, uh, the star of Charles in Charge. 
this is before your time, you fucking kid. Uh, you also have to remember, I grew up without TV, so everything is before my time when it comes to that. <laughs> Take that up with my parents. <laughs> well, so Charles in Charge was a show back in the uh, late 80s. Mm -hmm. I'm looking it up. Scott Bale mm -hmm. is the, uh, the guy's name. Okay. He went up to Scott Bale's girlfriend, and basically what he did, uh, this guy, Mystery, he goes in. And kind of like wiggles his way into, you know, like this, uh, Scott Bale's, uh conversation and schmoozes his girlfriend to giving his, uh, or giving her number to him. Okay. Which I gotta uh, say. That is I mean, kind of impressive. Yeah, that's pretty ballsy. <laughs> he said like, look, you know, like I can do it. Anybody can do it. And that's then he had this, <laughs> he kind of had this whole, like, you know, like programs it up. Where, oh, and some of these things are kind of, well, I'll go beyond kind of, but mm -hmm. are really fucking gross. The game is your dominating group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're the one who goes in and you get a bunch of people like kind of on your side, both men and women on your okay. side. You're making everybody laugh. You're, you're really the, the loud and, and playful type person. Mm -hmm. Once you kind of get there, the next step is you isolate the girl. Mm -hmm. That right there, that's mm, okay. So you, yeah, you're... I got, got a little weird feelings from that. <laughs> okay. So, now you're putting all your focus into this one person. Mm -hmm. And then the goal is once you kind of have that, that isolation is you're going for like the physical touch whether it is just kind of like brushing on the arm or like rubbing on the back or or whatever and then <laughs> mm, i don't like it <laughs> oh oh well that that's not the end <laughs> of course it's not <laughs> so so the the ultimate goal is going in for the kiss okay <laughs> Just before you think that that's creepy, mm -hmm. it gets worse. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're either one of three ways. You're mm -hmm. either going to get permission, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, everything's uh, good. You got the kiss and, and you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, we like you this. Get... <laughs> But okay, that that yeah, that's good. You know, mm -hmm. consensual and everything like that. Mm -hmm. If you get a maybe, mm -hmm. then you still go in for the kiss. Mm. <laughs> that's that's a hard no on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if you get a no, mm -hmm. then you play it off like you're just messing around. And then you still go in for the kiss. What? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so basically, no matter what, you go in for the kiss. Yeah. So why even give her the choice? I guess it's just the illusion. This is why women hate men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there. <laughs> hey, hey, no, look, look, this, this is not my book, okay? <laughs> fine 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 <laughs> okay i i am writing a book uh but it's nothing about 
going in for kisses when when the other person obviously doesn't want them. Uh. Oh, gross. <laughs> this all somehow like got wrapped up in the like the alpha male doesn't take no for an answer. He gets his kissy wissies anyway. <laughs> and that's the thing is that that's how you define uh, an alpha male. Oh, he is, just doesn't take no. Uh, so you're getting ahead of me. <laughs> I'm just so excited. <laughs> so the alpha male, the breakdown of it is confident, strong, okay. mm-hmm. passionate about winning, rule breaker, mm-hmm. opinions don't affect him, is smart about everything, and doesn't let emotions overpower him. All right, we, we started off good there. I feel like some of those at the very beginning were like really normal and like you, you like somebody, male or female, to be confident. That's that that's a good thing. That's sexy. Rule what was it? Rule breaker? Risk taker? Uh strong, passionate about winning, rule breaker. Uh, passionate about winning uh rubs me the wrong way because I mean you should you should want to win in life, but you can't win everything so okay even confidence though like you know like there's a difference between confidence and overly confidence this is very true and i think people don't always know quite where to draw the line but i will say that you know certainly on my end like in my dating life you can pick up pretty quickly if a guy is confident or not confident now confident to overconfident it will sometimes take a little bit of time to see um, a little bit of time, like when you're getting to know the person, but you can very quickly pick up. It's like, oh, this person feels good in their skin. They feel good where they are in life. Like they know that they have something to offer. That's attractive. That's that's very attractive. Um, overconfidence, though, like, it, and it can very quickly tip into that. But sometimes for me, it's been hard to tell. Like, is this just somebody who's like, yeah, really confident? Um, or is it, you know, and then on like the third date, you're like, no, I don't, I don't think you know shit about what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I, I kind of look at it this way. Like, you know, when it comes to confidence, like, okay, yeah, you absolutely should have uh, confidence. Yeah. You know, comparing it to like a job, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to go into a job interview and every question that the interviewer asked, you're just like, uh, well, um, uh, uh, I would, um, uh, and yeah, <laughs> you're not going to get that job if you no. go in there completely unconfident and not sure of yourself and anything that you ask or anything that they ask, you're just like, um, because yeah. a job doesn't want somebody who doesn't know their role, yeah. you know, and it's the same thing with the relationship. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of things, you're not going to hire somebody who comes into a job interview and saying, hey, I am Chris Patchett. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. When do I start? Yep. <laughs> no, that is not attractive. The overconfidence is just as bad, if not worse, than underconfidence. Because underconfidence, like, you can you can learn to be confident. When you get somebody who's like overconfident into the arrogant, it's too late. You cannot bring them back down to earth at that point, at least in my experience, like dating wise, if you meet that type of person, just leave. It's not worth yeah. it to try. So, I mean, you know, and that's the thing, like, you know, like the the whole idea of the, the physical touch and going in for the kiss, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of covers that, that overly confidence yep. that, 
you know, whether or not she she says she wants it, mm-hmm. then she secretly wants it. She secretly wants it because <sighs> because I'm the man that every girl dies for, you know. So, yeah. Mm. And then that also plays into the passionate about winning that's mm-hmm. rule breaking, you know, opinions don't affect him. Uh, yeah, and again, your opinions don't affect him. That's one that theoretically on the surface sounds really good that, you know, because we, we could all do with not letting other people's opinions affect us too much. However, opinions should have a, like you should listen to them because if multiple different people are telling you the same thing, I'll use myself in this example. When I was studying simultaneous interpreting, I had one teacher who I hated tell me I had quote eclectic knowledge. And I was like, well, you're a bitch. So (laughs) whatever, (laughs) forget about what you said. Um, And then a couple months later, a different teacher in a completely different circumstance. I mean, they, they knew each other, but this teacher didn't even have me as a student. She didn't teach my language combination. We were talking about something. I think I'd been like sitting in on one of her classes or like giving a speech for people to practice interpreting. And during the coffee break, I remember she mentioned to me, she was like, yeah, you kind of have eclectic knowledge. Again, it was, it was the same phrasing. It was the same two words. And I was like, oh shit, maybe, (laughs) maybe this is true. Um, It's spoiler. It was like, I'm I'm missing some weird knowledge there (laughs) while I know other stuff, but why the fuck do you know that? But I mean, this is why opinions do sort of matter is that when you have, you know, letting like one person get under your skin, okay. But like, if you just completely ignore what anyone says to you ever, you're going to miss important stuff. If people keep bringing up the same thing, different people in different places bring up the same thing about you, like maybe it's actually a problem. Yeah. Maybe. Have you thought about that? Maybe if every single one of your ex-girlfriends has said that this is a problem, it's not because like they're in cahoots with each other. Like that, that means that's actually a problem, my boy. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. And, you know, it's, I agree with you. Like a lot of these things do look good on the, on the, on the surface, but mm-hmm. even like strong, like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, okay. So if you want to be strong, you want to be physically fit. That's one thing. But then there's the extreme of like, I mean, have you ever seen these like, no, not to put anybody down, but like the uh, the bodybuilders, you know. Yeah. And especially, I don't want to put down the bodybuilders because they could whoop my ass. <laughs> They're coming for you now. <laughs> but you know, like if your muscles are so big that you can't even scratch your back because you have this giant, you know. Actually, I had a teacher in high school who was muscle bound. <laughs> he was a former bodybuilder and he, he could get his arms like across his like in front of his chest but that was it he couldn't actually cross them he was a cool guy and again i say there is nothing wrong with bodybuilding so please do not come to my uh my place dad uh, would like you to know that bodybuilders are super cool yes i i think bodybuilders are absolutely wonderful people they are very uh, gentle and loving people that would never beat uh, me up. That would never beat my ass up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and then you know, passionate about winning, just like you said. Like there is a degree of yeah, you know what? Sometimes we gotta lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I don't want to date a sore loser. Yes, I want you to to win to go for things but i need to know that if things don't go your way you're not going to sit and sulk for three hours or like 
punch holes in walls or just be really nasty to people. Or have a bunch of people uh, commit a, a giant crime on the, the uh, Capitol <laughs> building. Or... <laughs> Gee, who could you be talking about? <laughs> so, and then Rule Breaker, like we have rules for a reason. You know, there there is the whole like social norms. Yeah, that one is one of those ones that immediately sticks out to me as unsexy. I do not like that type of guy who's just like, oh, I see the rule, like, I don't have to follow it. It <laughs> it, it goes into that overconfidence. Like, yeah. if you were a rule breaker, you were not just confident, you were overconfident. Because you're like, I can drive, you know, 70 in the zone that's like 50 miles an hour. I can do it a lot. I'm so good at driving. I was like, the, the fact that you're having to tell me that as you're speeding tells me that you are in fact not good at driving <laughs> i feel like you're trying to convince yourself here you know and then the biggest one you know obviously being a social worker uh that really sets off a lot of red flags is doesn't let emotions overpower whoever so, convinced men that anger was not an emotion i want to have a word with them well, so that's the thing is that like, okay, so yeah, you know, it's one thing if, um, you know, your goldfish dies and you're in grieving process for like the next five years. Yeah, maybe emotions are overpowering. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. <laughs> but at the same time, if you are sitting there and saying like, yeah, I don't feel sadness. I don't feel like, you know, like... uh uh, sadness is weakness and all this type of shit. Like mm -hmm. I, I always say like, if I had, you know, a pen in my hand and I wave my other hand around and all of a sudden that the pen disappears, mm -hmm. you know, did that pen magically disappear or did I put it somewhere else? Um, I'm going to go with option a, of course. That magically disappeared. <laughs> No, of course yeah. you put it someplace else. I know how magic tricks work. <laughs> and uh, for anybody listening, uh, you missed out on a beautiful magic trick. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was amazing. I, I was fooled. <laughs> but it's the same thing with emotions. Like, you know, like if you're going to say, like if something bad happens and, and you're feeling sad or upset or grieving, but you kind of come in with this, like, you know, toxic, uh, you know, nothing bothers me type thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't make that emotion disappear. It's going to come out as anger. Yeah. Yeah, it has to come out one way or another. That's a really good uh, analogy of it with the pin. We'll start using that on people. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, with the what? You know what? <laughs> you mock my southern accent. <laughs> I I'm sorry. It just, it has to happen. I, I should have seen the setup. I'm sure in reality you use like pencil or something else, but just for me, you were waiting for me to say the word. You're like, oh. <laughs> so, okay. So here we have like, you know, like basically things that started off as like absolute bullshit. Uh, yeah. We so have... we have terrible studies done on animals in their not native habitat that people looked at and said, yeah, I see that in my office. <laughs> and that turned into, this is what the modern man should be. Yeah. That's um, how it goes. Very scientific. <laughs> you know, the thing I, I 
would I wish I was able to find out mm-hmm. is where Fran DeWall uh, is now if he still stands by his studies mm-hmm. uh, with the, the primates and you know even you know like the biggest thing that, that, that really drives me insane is that you know especially when you're talking about primates and humans mm-hmm. uh, the closest relative that we have evolution wise is you know the chimp Mm-hmm. And we broke off eight million years ago. Yeah, there there have been some changes evolutionary wise. <laughs> I don't know so, if anyone noticed. When the, you know, and you got to think about like you know, like eight million. You know, it's it's one of those numbers that it starts to lose meaning, mm-hmm. just because like it, it's just such a large number that we just can't really picture it. Mm-hmm. So just to give everybody like an idea of what 8 million really is, if you count one number per second, mm-hmm. it takes 11 days for you to get to 11, or 11 days for you to get to 1 million. Okay. So that is no sleeping, you know, no eating. You're counting one, Straight 11 days, two, three. And so you figure 8 million, that is 88 days. That is, Three months. So. <laughs> it's a solid. <laughs> it's a long time. So just to put things in perspective. <clears throat> we went into or we landed on the moon 55 seconds ago. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing to ever go out into outer space. Mm-hmm. The Sputnik, which was 1959. Would have been. 20 or I'm sorry, a minute and five seconds ago. So you're, you're, you know, just the progress that we made in that one minute mm-hmm. versus 88 days of evolution. So what I'm getting is it's been a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, so like, even if you want to make that comparison of, you know, chimps to, to humans, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're you're not making a really good comparison, period. Um, Let alone the fact that they were in a zoo. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of it, they're they're in a zoo. I mean, at least Wolf Guy, I will give him credit. He fine, he observed them in the zoo. That's bad science. He went out and observed them in nature. Like I will give him the credit that he did try and do that. And he came clean and said, I did not see this. Thought I saw it here. And, you know, maybe he did, like, see it in the the National Park or wherever he was, like, checking the controlled environment. But out, like, truly in nature where they were at their most natural didn't see it. Okay. I can, I get it. But Chimp Guy just watched them in the zoo and was like, yeah, this is all chimps. (laughs) And therefore, if it's the chimps, it's the humans. (laughs) And even worse about it is... You know, a journal or journalist who backed him up and mm-hmm. uh, wrote it into a paper. And you got to think about it this way, too, is that one of the biggest things that a person is doing as a journalist is researching themselves. Yeah, that's the whole thing is you need to actually make sure your sources are valid. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I, I got to give Wolf Guy a lot of props. That because that's one of the beautiful things about science is that it's not just a one and done type thing that it's okay. This is why I observed one time. 
let me see if I can, you know, uh, replicate the, the results. If, mm -hmm. if I can, then, you know, maybe this is something that's worth, uh, you know, publishing. Yeah. If I can't, well, then let's look at the different variables and things like that. Yeah. So we've, we've hit the point though, that we now know that alpha males are complete bullshit. Yeah, they're, they are. We well, <laughs> we can definitely say that alpha, uh, alpha male as a whole is bullshit that somebody, well, that a few people observed, you know, behaviors in one, mm -hmm. a completely different species. And two, even those observations were wrong. Mm -hmm. the, the, the horrible thing about it, though, is so looking at Wolf Guy, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that came out of that whole like alpha wolf thing is that people kind of get went into this like you know like uh, I have to be the alpha wolf with my dog mm -hmm. you know I have to I have I've to heard show about my, that yeah you know and that's where you get like um, uh, Caesar um, uh, Malone or whatever his name is mm -hmm. uh, which turned out that you know he did a lot of shady shit uh, <laughs> I am uh, shocked to hear this <laughs> but I mean you know I mean, I absolutely love my dog, but I, I could never imagine myself like trying to strike fear into my dog, you know? And that's the thing is that that whole ideology uh, ruined a lot of uh, relationships between people and dogs. And that whole ideology is ruining people relationship with people. Well, yeah, because I see the similarities there between uh, certainly my what I saw of like the dog training, all of that is like, you know, you're the one in charge. You're the one who tells your dog what to do, when to do it. Like you're the pack leader. Your dog has to listen to you. And I see a lot of guys who act like that in relationships that like, I'm the one who decides what we're going to do. I'm the one who tells you where we're going to go. I'm the one who is in charge of everything. You know, for, I'm sure for some people that's a fantastic thing. And if that's the type of relationship you want, have at it. I'm not going to stop you, but I think most women are not looking for that. And that is where it borders or not borders, but like it crosses into that overconfidence, the, you know, passionate about winning. I'm always right. So I tell you, we're going to this restaurant. You don't get to choose. I tell you what we're doing. Yeah. I'm not your animal. I'm not your, <laughs> your possession. I'm a human being. What is compromise? <laughs> Yeah. So let me ask you. Okay. So looking at everything that we talked about today with the alpha male and actually, you know, let's take a step for a second. Mm -hmm. Rather than calling them the alpha male, let's just call for what it is. It's it's fucking toxic. That's true. Um, <laughs> you know, like let's let's not even give them that that um joy. Of, to be you know. fair, like alpha and software is usually like the shit first version that you put out. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much yeah, the, the shitty primate <laughs> <laughs> version of the human male. That's true. And the easiest way to say that is just to call them toxic. Yeah. <laughs> so everything that we learned about toxic men today. Mm -hmm. Where would you put this uh, on our ingredients for our soup? Uh, would you say it is a green potato, which is 
an ingredient that will make you sick if you eat it, but mm -hmm. it's not going to do much damage. You might be sick for a few hours or a night or two. Mm -hmm. uh, would you put it in as a death cap mushroom where you have that 50% chance that it's going to kill you? Mm -hmm. Or would you call this an antifreeze where it is a delicious last meal? Mm. I'm going to say this is a death cap mushroom. Um, just because people unfortunately die because of this. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this in later episodes, I'm sure. But I feel like unfortunately, you know, when you compare toxic males versus toxic females, toxic females... There are going to be problems, but more often than not, there isn't violence involved. There isn't, you know, death necessarily involved. And I feel like a lot of the characteristics of a toxic male do increase the chances of violence. I'm not saying it's like necessarily going to happen, but a lot of this, like the overconfidence, the I'm going to win, the rule breaking, the I don't care what people say about me, um, just leads to somebody who is really quite violent. A lot of the time and so i'm gonna have to say this is a death cat mushroom i would agree with that i think that uh this is something where you have i mean right off the bat what i was saying about like you know somebody who's going in for the kiss mm -hmm. you're assaulting them yeah that's, like that's what out. that is that, that is assault like if somebody tells you no it, you can kind of wiggle the lines like if she hasn't specifically said yes or no and you go in that's just like crude disgusting behavior um that could be assault like you could see it as that way but it, especially if she has said no and you go in that is 500 percent wrong yeah you don't do that if somebody says no to something you leave it and that just that builds up for so many horrible actions that could end up in the, in the relationship. Well, yeah, because uh, if you're already starting off like that for a kiss, for fuck's sake, I mean, it's, it's a kiss. <laughs> what are you going to do when she's not in the mood for sex? Right. Then things are going to turn really ugly. So, I mean, yeah, I would definitely say that uh, we're probably even like close to the uh the antifreeze you know uh, yeah i think it is close to antifreeze it's not quite there yet um but almost yeah i think it, it, it's a solid like death cap though we've had that one so everybody who's listening let us know what you think uh you can either comment uh in the comments below or you can write to us at toxic at awesomelifeskills.com uh we'll have that all in the description uh but until then until the next time we get together you have a wonderful day i will see am, you next week oh sorry <laughs> i am christopher patchett lcsw and i'm lindsey mclean <laughs> and have a great day Bye.